It's 4 o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions, and yes, we are live We are live here in the Denver metro area and throughout Colorado and on the app. And then for our friends on the East Coast, on the Hope FM network, you're listening to the broadcast that was is one week delayed, one week delayed. But if you call during the program, you're going to get in and on the air. You just won't hear it for another week. Uh, And so we do record it live and it is live. On occasion, it's a rebroadcast because technical issues or things with the, uh, you know, with the internet and our holiday. But for the most part, this is a live broadcast. Various Calvary Chapel pastors up and down the front range here of Colorado are hosting, and today is my day to host. And I am the pastor of Calvary in Aurora, Colorado, which is an east suburb, a suburb just east of Denver. Been ministering the gospel here almost eighteen years. Uh, grew up in Southern California, moved out here with my family to plant a church, uh, to be used of God to plant a church. And God connected us with a group that were, was already meeting, just a, a glorious, wonderful group of the saints that uh, were seeking the Lord together and and sort of in between what God was going to do with that group, whether a pastor was going to take the lead or another assistant pastor was going to take the lead. And then I moved here. And the Lord revealed that this group had gathered together uh, in order to come under our leadership. And now here, almost 18 years later, Calvary Aurora uh, is still serving Jesus. And it's such an honor. And I, and you know, for some of you that know me, uh, some of you that have served alongside of me, I'm just as surprised as you are that the Lord would use someone like me. But that's the definition of grace. Not many wise, not many smart, not many of a noble upbringing are used. But God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And I'm certainly living proof of that biblical truth. And we're taking your calls, 303-690-3000, or you can text me, 720-336-0897. And we're going to take your calls. You're going to be put on hold because for the first part of the show, I want to talk to a friend of ours and a friend of the ministry here, Lynn Rosenberg from Ministry Architecture. Uh, He's on the air to join us this afternoon to talk about an event that's coming up. Hey, Lynn, are you on the air with us? Yes, I'm right here. Good afternoon. How are you doing today? Glad glad to be with you, Ed. Thanks. Yes. Good afternoon. And uh, you guys have... You guys have a, a very vibrant ministry that we know is ministry architecture, but people listening in may not be familiar with you or Mary Jo or your ministry. So why don't you, you know, take a few minutes to introduce us to what God has you doing? Yeah, sure. I'd be glad to do that. Well, uh, ministry architecture, uh, the service that we uh, we have is for no fee at all, no cost at all. Uh, we uh, provide uh, architectural planning engineering services in developing countries, uh, developing countries that might be like Zimbabwe or Nigeria or uh, Cambodia. 
where uh, those ministries are established and they need to uh, provide more facilities and uh, but but do not have the money to get started uh, with uh, architectural and can't find uh, compatible uh, uh, compatible professionals to do it so uh, that's where we are. if we're invited that's where we go in and uh, try to understand what is required what's needed like uh, classrooms and uh, or in hospital laboratories and operating rooms and try to understand what they need how they do their work and then uh, develop uh, functional creative sensible building designs so uh, sometimes we need a surveyor and uh, we have many many uh, or engineers uh, christian volunteers experts around the country uh, who, if they're available, uh, help us. And that's how we're doing work now with um, with people in Alaska and Zimbabwe and, uh, let's see, Borneo and Thailand. <laughs> that's, that's about what we do. And, um, and it, 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 maybe to give us insight, perhaps some, some insight that uh, that you could give us is maybe take us to the last project you worked on. What, where, where were you latest? What was the latest project you worked on? Yeah, I just returned from Zimbabwe in Central uh, Africa. And uh, the ministry there uh, is intended to uh, provide um, shelter, homes for AIDS orphans. The kids are okay, mostly, but they're, they're often orphans because their uh, families died from AIDS. And, um, well, so we, uh, we're designing a camp on the side of a mountain where uh, they'll have um, a wholesome training, discipling, teaching, uh, plenty of food, uh, medical care, and it might be a one- or two-week uh, camp. Uh, I, we just returned a few weeks ago from there, and in the multi-purpose building uh, we had uh, a design that just finished being built, uh, they were being taught about uh, relationships, uh, relationships with yourself, with God, and with your community from a biblical perspective. And uh, that's the sort of uh, sort of thing that's going on there. But there's lots of poverty. The country's run by a dictator. Uh, very, very large unemployment. Very few people are employed. Uh, they don't have their own money. They use some United States dollars or, or uh, South African money. It's uh, very, very sad, but uh, there's a lot of hope. A lot of people uh, who know Jesus have a lot of hope and enthusiasm. Oh, it's and and it's a beautiful country. So it's yes. um, it's a contrast between the uh, the gloom and grimness and the uh, the joy and gladness. Yeah. Mm. And did you did you what was what was the project that you were working on? Well, uh, it's a master plan for a large uh, site on the side of the mountain, and we designed a multi-purpose building, which uh, is used for the camp, for the kids, and uh, when when they're not using it, it's available for pastors and church leaders for conferences and, and uh, training. And then when they're not uh, using it, it's a great venue for weddings, so they can oh. get some uh, revenue for the ministry over there. It's a gigantic panoramic view of the valley and the mountains beyond. Yes. But then also we had to uh, survey and climb a steep mountainside and uh, look for where there is 
flat, some relatively flat areas that we could use for uh, for developing a dining hall and dormitory and uh, staff ministry uh, housing, cabins, and recreation. And then with all that, how to get up there, how to get up so, so steep a, uh, uh, a mountain. You know, when we're on the highway coming into Denver, you know, on I-70, the sign says, uh, beware truckers, grade is 6%. You know, it's a warning yes. that that's steep. But over there on this mountainside, is 16%. So <laughs> how are we going to uh, uh, traverse that and, and have switchbacks and all the stuff that goes uh, for uh, getting uh, vehicles up such a steep grade? It's really mountainside uh, construction. And um, so then also the drainage. I had to deal with the drainage and conceive uh, how that would work. And then also waste from, uh, uh, you get uh, hundreds of people on the site. Yes. And what do you do with their waste, and uh, mm. especially on a steep slope? So all that, and then the, dealing with the climate, it's very, very hot, sometimes very, very rainy. And um, uh, so every kind of uh, engineering and architectural discipline uh, came into play. And so we've designed that, and we're making some drawings now to illustrate that so they can continue to raise money and eventually build those uh, those buildings. That's, uh, that's insane. And then the whole purpose is to uh, to worship the Lord and teach kids yes. in the context of uh, uh, how do you serve the Lord, how do you serve Jesus. And uh, here's a good safe place, safe place where they can do it. They're nourished, they're healthy, and... Uh, uh, get good training that way. Good inspiration. Good Bible yes. teaching. So, yeah, so encouraging. So, ministry architecture actually has blossomed and grown out of of your career. You were an architect for how many years? Oh, gee, well, from 1974 uh, until around 1999. So, uh, 25 years. Oh, yeah, 25 years. years. And since then, uh, the Lord seemed to. Uh, in retrospect, I can understand. The Lord said to me something like, uh, well, I'm really going to give you an exciting career now, but you have to go where I send you. <laughs> yes. So we've gone to jungles and deserts and mountains and uh, no garden spots. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> And then our constituency has uh, changed a bit. We're, we're also doing teaching. And uh, like with Hill Tribes in Thailand, as an example, uh, where we were recently this year, um, my wife and I have been teaching the biblical basis of marriage and abstinence. And uh, what does it mean to love your wife as Christ loved the Church? And what does it mean to, um, uh, to leave, cleave, and become one flesh? And to do that, to try to tell that through a translator and also in a way that's biblical exclusively, and not uh, not looking for changing anyone's culture or uh, uh, their traditions, but uh, presenting how is it with uh, uh, obedience to God. And then uh, uh, we, tr- we try to work it out that way. And um, nobody has, has teaches those things out there. And uh, there's such a int- uh, great modesty, especially in Southeast Asia, that uh, uh, personal health, sex education, uh, marriage, it's just uh, not taught, and they just uh, poke along and uh, do the best they can. And uh, so 
so to go uh, 8,000 miles over there and uh, and uh, be a help in teaching those subjects, uh, well, there's a lot of gratefulness, and uh, they they take it with respect and and take it in as to uh, well, how's this work in my family and in my home? Uh, so so uh, we're glad to be doing that, and um, and that's the reason we have to have and want to have. The, uh, the annual fundraiser because uh, it raises uh, the support that we need. It promotes uh, more more prayer, which we need, and uh, the um, uh, people get inspiration and information. And yes. uh, we we hope that many more many more people will find some way. Uh, how does the Lord want them to serve? It's uh, very you... important that it, we be a uh, uh, to stimulate others to wholesome thinking on that uh, on that track. Yes. If, if you're just tuning in uh, to Calvary Live, we want to introduce you to Lynn Rosenberg. He is uh, the overseer, the leader of ministry architecture, and of course his last name, Rosenberg, uh, may be familiar to you by another Rosenberg, which happens to be his son, Joel, uh, one of the benefits, one of the blessings that the Denver metro area, and really up and down from Wyoming and all the surrounding states, one of the benefits of ministry architecture uh, that it comes to to Denver uh, every year annually is the ministry architecture fundraiser where Joel Rosenberg comes and shares a, an updated message on current events and things going on in the world today. It's it's held every year at Calvary Chapel South Denver. This year it's going to be September 30th, uh, mm-hmm. September 30th, with uh, a book signing and Q&A to follow. Uh, and Lynn and Mary Jo will be there as well. And every year that I've been there, I haven't been, a- been able to attend every year, but every year I've been there, it's always full. Um, this uh, I was talking to Mary Jo not too long ago, Lynn, but uh, mm-hmm. this this accounts this event accounts for fifty sixty percent of your funding, or was it a yeah. higher number than that? Well, I thought it was about seventy five, but uh, okay, seventy five percent. But it's uh, very important, and uh, it's way up there. Right. Yeah, and so we want to invite you to um, to Calvary South Denver, uh, an evening with Joel Rosenberg. It all all the proceeds benefit Ministry Architecture. And that's going to be September 30th uh, from 7 to 9.15. Doors open 6.15. Uh, Joel's going to yeah. do a Q&A. Uh, he's also going to do a book signing, and there'll be plenty of information on ministry architecture. There'll be a time of fellowship and encouragement, and uh, and this is the resource. This is one of the biggest events that, that helps to fund ministry yeah. architecture. So from your perspective, Lynn, uh, yes. describe the event from your perspective as the overseer of ministry architecture? Yeah. Well, um, we seem to be, uh, ministry architecture seems to be uh, deep in the hearts of people who know us, but in general, we're a well-kept secret. So so uh, most people uh, register and, and sign up and attend uh, because they want to hear Joel, and uh, he is so such a compelling speaker. I think he's one of the top in the country, when people uh, try to get a speaker for the, an event, uh, he is one of the top. You might be in there too, but uh, I know <laughs> I don't know about <laughs> about all, but I know that he is uh, very very much sought after. So it's a great uh, it's it's just wonderful that we have a special connection. You know, I've known him a long time, 
<laughs> so, <laughs> so, yes, uh, you have. He, he comes in and 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 uh, he pays for his own transportation and all all that, and we have a little family time before and yes. after, and um, and then he goes off to Israel or someplace. Uh, the registration, by the way, is uh, we request a, a contribution of $25 as a minimum, yes. but it's just a contribution. Uh, we, we want people to attend, and uh, they'll be blessed, and that's the main thing. And Where, um, where can they go? Yeah. Where can they go to get tickets, or where can they go? Uh-huh. Is, it, is it your yeah. website? Yeah, they can go to our website, which is ministry architecture, one word, ministryarchitecture.com. And uh, it's the first page that comes up uh, when you type that in, and the instructions are very simple. The uh, the contribution is tax deductible, and uh, there are directions and how to get there. It's easy to get there, and uh, let's see. Uh, and more details. It will begin with uh, with uh, some music and um, and uh, live singing by uh someone a friend who is she has the most wonderful voice and then there'll be prayer and then mary joe and myself will uh will give a brief report on our experiences there and in, uh, in, uh, in the countries we've been in at in the past year we're going to interview a young man who is a uh, a young missionary and uh his experience uh, where he was um, uh chopping and digging and eating uh, jungle rats and um, and cockroaches as part of the uh, local diet, and uh, that's going to be an amusing story. And and then uh, uh, Joel will speak for uh, forty five minutes or so. And uh, yes, and there's the other question and answer and so on. Uh, some part in the uh, in the program uh, will pause, and Joel will uh, uh, make a uh, uh, some remarks uh, give some remarks about uh, the the need for uh, contributions, and then after prayer and and reflection, uh, baskets are passed around uh, that people Great. can put in checks and cash. And then, um, uh, I, you know, I, I, we, what we want is um, like when uh, the Bible says, when people left the dedication of the temple by Solomon, uh, they left. Uh, uh, merry and glad for what the Lord had, had done. And uh, that's what we want here, that people would uh, get information and be inspired, and that they, when they leave, they would be glad for what they know the Lord has done. Uh, sometimes I describe the difficulties, our difficulties and the difficulties in the lives of people out there in the jungles, but uh, Joel has uh, news and optimism, and he is very good at relating uh, the true stories of what he's experienced in uh, where God has done miraculous work, changed, transformed lives. So it's it's a good combo, and uh, uh, I, I always say I'm glad people have come. I'm glad to be there too. <laughs> I like what's uh, what's said and done. It's that's, always that's a great evening. Yeah. That is. Uh, the title of what Joel will be, the topic, is Brace for Impact, an evening discussing the latest threats from radical Islam, Russia, and North Korea. And I know that it'll be a riveting time. It'll be a very informative time. And it'll also be, as you say, uh, Joel has a, a tremendous optimism about him. Uh, and I've, I've enjoyed that. I've, I've been really blessed, my wife and I, Maria, over the years to spend time with Joel 
uh, and to be encouraged by him and to to share a meal and, and get to know him. You, you guys raised uh, a very fine young man, and I know you know that, um, by God's grace, of course. Uh, and so yeah. I want to remind everyone, Lynn Rosenberg is on the air with us right now for the next few minutes, and I want to do some house cleaning here, uh, just so you know if you just joined us. Joel Rosenberg will be in town Saturday night, September 30th, from 7 to 9.15, uh, and he'll be at Calvary in South Denver uh, sharing uh, on a very important topic. The, it is a benefit uh, fundraiser for Ministry Architecture, uh, which is uh, led by Lynn and Mary Jo Rosenberg, um, a, minute, a, a man and wife uh, of, after God's own heart in their own right, but also the parents of, of Joel. So he's coming out. He's going to be sharing. This is a huge event for Ministry Architecture because um, a majority of their funding comes from this. There is a $25 donation uh, and registration, and I want to speak to those of you on the East Coast because you're going to hear this uh, delayed, and you're not going to be able to come to the event, but you can still donate to this event uh, to Ministry Architecture if the the ministry really uh, ministers to your heart and you just kind of get the vision of... Lynn and Mary Jo traveling to these developing areas, including Alaska, uh, which has its own poses its own challenges in ministry there, and uh, providing free architecture services of uh, the gift and talent that God has given to Lynn, and also now kind of expanding into marriage and abstinence and and real solid biblical teaching uh, in remote areas. So if you're listening on Hope FM right now. Uh, you're listening to an interview with Lynn Rosenberg. He is uh, he oversees ministry architecture along with his wife Mary Jo. And although you won't be able to come out for this event, uh, you can donate, and you can do that at ministryarchitecture.com. Ministryarchitecture.com. But for those of you here in Colorado, Wyoming, Nebraska, uh, those of you that are listening online on the app, September 30th, Saturday night. Uh, from 7 to 9.15, Joel Rosenberg will be at Calvary South Denver. Uh, he is going to, to be sharing on latest threats, radical Islam, Russia, North Korea. It all benefits ministry architecture, and registration is available online, and it is requested. So go to ministryarchitecture.com for more information. And Lynn, uh, we're coming up on the end of the segment. Do you have anything mm-hmm. else to add? Well, um uh, people have registered already uh, from uh, Louisiana, Arkansas, uh, New Mexico, Texas, and Arizona. So people come from a long, long distance. Mostly they uh, they are coming for Joel, but uh, are very surprised when they hear about what we do, and uh, uh, they're really glad. <laughs> it's the uh, uh, the time is uh, very valuable. Um, yeah. I, I could tell a little anecdote about Joel. We have about three minutes or yes. less. Let me see how yes. far we can go. He was. Uh, I came downstairs uh, years ago uh, to breakfast, and there was Joel at the breakfast table uh, on the phone with the White House. He was about uh, twelve, I think, at that time, and uh, he was writing a uh, an essay for his schoolwork about Watergate, and he was on the phone with. Uh, the press secretary at the White House, uh, verifying some facts. So I guess we should have uh, realized then 
that uh, this kid is going to be doing things that we, uh, we nobody else does. <laughs> that uh, we, you know, we uh, we saw he had uh, uh, ambition and uh, yeah. interests that exceeds uh, the usual. Yes, and that's um, the kind of guy God is he, a... he was. Yeah, and is. <clears throat> Now there's one thing. There's one more thing I want people to know. Uh, and by the way, this this broadcast isn't isn't just live throughout throughout Grace FM, but it also is carried on the Hope FM radio network. So you know, well, hopefully we'll get people coming in from Maryland, uh, from New Jersey, or Pennsylvania. Uh, and so mm-hmm. their radio network covers about twice, maybe even three times the population of Grace FM up in that region. Uh, so I'm hoping to hear some registrations from the East Coast. That'll be really encouraging. Yeah. yeah. But one last thing. You did a video of your testimony, uh, and I I would like you to invite people to watch that video, but I don't I don't remember where it's posted. So can you just share like sixty seconds of what that was and where people can watch it? Yeah, it's called One for <clears throat> Israel. And it's uh, developed by the folks at the Israel College of the Bible. And uh, in in uh, in Israel, and they have uh, videos of men and women, young and old, all kinds of different uh, occupations and backgrounds and history, all telling about uh, their life and uh, how uh, they discovered the love of Jesus, God's grace and salvation and forgiveness. And uh, oh, it's wonderful! I recommend people look up uh, one for Israel. And uh, that's where you find them. And you can just go down and, and choose who you want to listen to. And these are all uh, Jewish people of different uh, levels of faith, but all of whom had a need, as uh, most of our listeners have a need. And uh, uh, they found how the love of God uh, cared for them and that need. And, uh, yes, I was asked to do one. Mine... Uh, um, is a little dark because my uh, beginnings and history was dark, uh, and we yes. didn't get to the victory part. But there are many others who uh, had, um, you know, their, their stories include the victory of Christ. And uh, I recommend that uh, look at mine, but um, there are many, many others. Uh, it, it's worth it every second listening and watching. Well, thanks for your time today, and uh, we, we're glad to be a partner with you guys and to Thank you. be a small part of what God's doing through Ministry Architecture. And Saturday night, the 30th of September, yeah. Joel Rosenberg is in town, Calvary, South Denver. Uh, go to ministryarchitecture.com, and you can register there. Thanks, Lynn. God bless you, man. Yeah, thank you very much. Bye-bye. You're welcome. Bless Bye-bye. You. All right, we're coming up on the end of our first segment today. We had the privilege of being on the on the line with Lynn Rosenberg, especially you guys on the East Coast uh, listening to this. I know it's not an event that you can attend, but it is, uh, as Joel will be here, and he is a tremendous uh, human being. I mean, he's just a neat guy. Uh, I, I'm very blessed to, to have him uh, in my life, and he's... You know, he. I know of all the ways that God has used him. Um, you may not know, uh, but I'll let you in on. He he's been very encouraging uh, and very loving to my to Marie and me during our time of grief. I mean, his he has that merciful, compassionate heart, uh, and you'll be blessed. I mean, of course, uh, we've had him out as well, and 
and his teaching ability and his ability to do research and find the facts is is unparalleled. Uh, but he's a real deal. I mean, he's the real deal, uh, and um, he has been a tremendous friend to the Taylor family and to many others. I can only speak for myself, but to the Taylors, um, to the ministries of Calvary's here uh, in Colorado and around the world, he's just the real deal. And uh, unfortunately, in the in the Christian world, not everybody's the real deal. Um, but I can vouch for Joel and Lynn and Mary Jo. I know them personally, as well as Gino over at Calvary and. South Denver. So at any rate, we're going to get back to our phone lines for the second half of today. We've got service tonight here at Calvary Aurora. We're going to be going through and watching Elijah leave the caves and get back into ministry. And we meet tonight at seven. We pray, we have communion, uh, we study the Bible together, we worship together. Love, love, love our midweek service. We'll be right back. This is Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, and we'll be back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000. Hey, welcome back to Calvary Live. Taking your calls and your questions in the second half of today's program. My name is Ed Taylor. I am the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Aurora, Colorado. Aurora is spelled A-U-R-O-R-A. It's probably the number one question that we get as people are look, trying to look it up and misspell it. Uh, but all the information related to our church is available at calvaryaurora.org. Everything related to Grace FM, the radio network, can be found at gracefm.com, gracefm.com. And we just spent the first half of our program talking and interviewing Lynn Rosenberg. He's the son of Joe Rosenberg. And there's a big event coming up at the end of the month, September 30th, over at Calvary South Denver in Littleton. And he wanted to get the word out, and we wanted to support him in doing that. Uh, So Joe will be here in Denver Saturday night, the 30th. And he will be sharing on uh, the new threats from North Korea, uh, Islam, and such. So... Information is found at Ministry Architecture. I also just posted the video of Lynn's testimony on all of our social media, so please check that out. Let's go to the phone lines and pick up with uh, line number two is Ben calling from Maryland. Ben, welcome to the program. Hello? Hey, Ben, you're on the air. Oh, yes. It is I. Uh, I was making a comment about the gentleman that called. Okay. And he was talking about the person that he knows, I don't know if it is his friend, one of the objections the person has for believing in the Bible is uh, incest. Yes. I don't know to what part of the Bible he was talking, referring to. And uh, the reason I'm calling is because many things are implied when those objections come into it. If the person is rejecting the Bible based on that, that means that his moral standard is way higher than the God of the Bible. The other thing that's an is, interesting that's an interesting point. I, I would concede that, yes. Right. The other thing I can see is uh If he accepts evolution as the propagation of the human race, 
what is the explanation of how the human race populated the earth that is higher. I think, I think that's a valid question. You know, I also would add a third. I think you're making a good point. Uh, I would add a third point to what you're sharing, and that is for someone to reject the Bible on something that they read and they understood and they processed in their own minds, I believe that they'll be held accountable for that because of their understanding, you know, because some people kind of, they'll they'll feign ignorance when pressed on an issue, and a question like that does not does not indicate ignorance, it actually indicates knowledge and a rejection of knowledge and and the rejection of the of a of a plausible answer to uh, because I, I don't know remember who it was but this quote is always sticks around in my mind where um, someone once said and I, I want to say it was Benjamin Franklin but I don't know for sure it might have been Mark Twain uh, but one of those quips that said it's not the things that we don't understand in the Bible that bothers us it's the things that we do understand and this man recognizes, this guy recognizes that there is a moral, and I think you hit it on the head, there's a moral requirement based uh, put upon your life and mine and his that he simply rejects. That's the essence of the rejection of God. Correct. I didn't yeah, place many uh, things in that, uh, on, on that rejection is how you got to explain the population of the, the earth that populated or then it happened that a lot of people were created as male and female at one yes. time, or not created. I don't know what the belief is. Yes, on his part, on his part. Right. For no, I agree. Besides that, they had already the moral standard not yes. to commit incest. What he called what is his rejection. I agree. And the other assumption is. All society from the very beginning is the same as we have today. And I don't think it is. Well, Ben, thank you so much for your call today. God bless you, brother. God bless Bye-bye. you, too. Thank, thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. 303-690-3000 is the number. We're going to move right on to line number one is Mark. He's calling from Philadelphia. Mark, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed. How you doing? Good. How are you? <clears throat> Good. I got a simple question uh, to ask you. In uh, okay. the stories in the Bible of uh, King Solomon and uh, King David, or the kings back then that were put in place by the Lord, did, did they have concubines or harems? Did they, other than one wife, if they were married, did they have more than one wife? Solomon did. Yes. Yeah. Can you explain that to me, why that was okay, but now it's not okay? You should only That's have a great one question. wife, you know? Yeah, I can. I'm just it, curious. It, that. Yeah, that's a great question. I can. It was not okay. It was not okay. okay then, and it's not okay now. And so, Solomon, if you read the book of Ecclesiastes, you will, you will get a hint of the, the frivolity and the emptiness of his life and the consequences of his sin. Uh, and God never approved of it. He recorded it in the scriptures, but there's never one mention of his approval, his hand of approval, 
And then the question would come up then, well, then why didn't God judge him? Why didn't God bring judgment upon them? Well, they lived under the Old Covenant, and as they lived under the Old Covenant, they would bring, a, they would bring an offering and a sacrifice for the, uh, for the covering of their sin. And every year, um, they would have to, the high priest would have to bring in an offering into the Holy of Holies for the covering of their sin. It wasn't until Messiah comes, Yeshua, who is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And so Solomon, he made sinful decisions. And God's response to his sinful decisions is very similar to God's response to our sinful decisions, and that is that is he graciously waits for our repentance. Did Aaron ever come as being one of his counsel? Did he ever tell Solomon you shouldn't have all these women? That is a great was it question. Aaron, was it Aaron? Was his counsel? Aaron was with Moses, so Aaron oh, I'm was sorry, not, predated. Uh, Nathan. Nathan, right? Nathan was with... Yeah, that's a great question. It doesn't... I don't, off the top of my head, remember a time with Nathan. That doesn't mean it didn't happen. Let me see. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Let me see if I can find about... I mean, God told him, so we don't need Nathan to tell him by the time that... Okay, all right. By the time that, that Solomon comes along, he has the... He, he, he was instructed to do two... Not to do two things. Remember in Deuteronomy, he was the, the, every king was told, don't multiply for yourself wives and don't multiply for yourself horses. And what did Solomon do? Okay, he multiplied for himself he, he wives like and he multiplied for horses and things like for that. Some, and if, yeah. you know, if you go to Israel with us as we take a group every year, we'll take you to the place where you overlook the Valley of Megiddo and the place that we go to is one of the places where they found Solomon's horse stalls I mean, he had horses all over the country, and so I I can't think of I can't think of out of a uh, just out of the top of my mind um, that. However, exactly what God warned him of, you know, in First Kings chapter eleven, verse one, it says King Solomon uh, loved many foreign women along with the daughter of Pharaoh because it was a it was the national thing to do. It was the way that countries that made treaties like with that, one right? another. Yeah, you yeah. could say it was politically correct to do, but it was always biblically un incorrect. And and what was the warning? The warning was, according to First Kings, you shall not associate with them, nor shall they associate with you, for they will surely turn your heart away after their gods. And that's exactly what what happened. Well, I, I appreciate the input, and now I know I can look at other parts of the Bible to explain that to me. Yes. Um, That's a great question. Much, Keep them coming. Red. You're welcome. God bless you, ma'am. Bye-bye. Right, 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. We're going to move on to Ivan now in line number three. Ivan, Ivan welcome to the program. How are you, Pastor Ed? Good. How are you? How are you? Oh, I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, I just wanted to call back. I had a actually waited to talk to you for uh <clears throat> i talked to you about probably i want to say it's been three weeks ago or more okay uh, well we kind of touched bases on the thing and i think it kind of got misconstrued or understood what it was that i was saying uh, about when people lie on god or say things about god and so forth uh okay i don't I remember the call so let's start over. start over okay it was just Basically, in general, uh, and you'll probably remember when I say this, 
uh, when uh, sometimes in regards to people trying to comfort someone who's lost a loved one, they'll say, oh, God needed another angel in heaven and so forth. And uh, and so I don't know if you remember, uh, but based on that, we kind of, I was kind of speaking on uh, what my perspective was uh, in regards to, you know, when people lie on God. And it, and it, my perspective was it wasn't so much that, but it was, you know, when people who don't even believe in God or know God or know anything about the Bible, they want to get up and just, you know, this happens or that happens, you know, all these crises and things in the world. Probably even like, for example, now with the hurricanes, and they want to blame that on God and use that as their reason for, oh, I just, I can't believe in a God who would do all these sorts of things, and so on. And so, uh, so okay, anyway, so let's start. Let's start with today. Uh, today okay. Do you got a question got a for me today? For me today? Uh, basically, what my question is uh, for you today, uh, kind of tied in or as it relates to the whole hurricane thing down there in Texas. You know, the whole Hurricane Harvey thing, and as it relates to uh, Joe Osteen's church uh, down there and how he did open the church and just all this kind of backlash, what would you say or give in response to people who, you know, come and, and use that? See, you know, the, you so-called Christians and you hypocrites and, you know, all of that stuff just simply based on what happened in that situation down there. Well, I wasn't. So, if do you have the radio turned up at all? Uh, no, I actually have it turned down. Okay, I keep hearing myself in your. Maybe I'm on your speakerphone or something. Yeah. Okay, so basically, it depends on the conversation. But I wasn't there at Joel Osteen's church. I wasn't there in his meetings. I wasn't there to find out what the flooding levels were. So to me, that's a red herring. You know, the, to me, I don't know what happened there. They weren't there. All they're hearing is news reports, and I don't agree with Joel Osteen's theology. I don't agree with the the way the direction of his church or anything like that. But I'm not willing to jump into the fray and put a brother down or put a man down when I don't have all the facts. So I'm going to set that aside, and I'm not even going to talk about it because the person saying that they can't talk about it either unless they were in the meetings. They have no idea what happened. They have no idea what was going on. They have no idea what kind of discussions or what kind of help or, or anything like that. But I did see recently, um, and I did read, and I, I have friends in Houston, you know, and by the way, you just reminded me, so thank you, Ivan. Tonight, we're started, we have a trailer parked on our property, and we're starting to collect things uh, to take to Houston, uh, and we're going to fill this trailer up in the next two weeks, and we're going to drive it down a lot of um, brand new, we're only accepting brand new things. Uh, so you can come by the church today, Calvary Aurora, on Wednesday night, tonight. We have it parked. That We have lists of what, you know, you can drop by and just get a list of what we're collecting. And you can uh, bring it back in, in the next two weeks. Uh, we're going to have it. So that's a good reminder. So thank you. Uh, and what, what what I would say is the the word coming out from Houston is that Christians have rallied around um, so much that there are now articles being written that Christians are helping in Houston more than FEMA, uh, which is a tremendous testimony 
for example, the Daily Caller uh, a couple of days ago had a picture of Samaritan's Purse as one of the ones that are helping there. And the title of the article was Christians Provide More Aid to Hurricane Victims Than FEMA. And, you know, the, the reality of, of somebody wanting to use um, Joel Osteen and whatever happened there as another excuse or reason to not believe in uh, or to, you know, diss the church, um, especially you, I think, Ivan, you use the word her, um, hypocrite. You know, I never disagree with people that accuse me or anyone of the church of being hypocrites. I, I don't. Because if, if, if all is said and done, there's certainly hypocrisy in all of our lives, believer and unbeliever alike. And I wouldn't, especially if somebody pointed out to me, I, I wouldn't be quick to defend myself because I know and I can admit that I have demonstrated hypocrisy uh, in my life on more than one occasion. And if that has hurt someone or pushed them away from the church, the only recourse that I can give is to ask for their forgiveness and remind them that I'm not the end result. Joel Osteen is not the, praise God that Joel Osteen is not the representative of the Church of Jesus Christ. Uh, and I can say that, not, not for him as a person, because I don't know him, but his theology. I wholeheartedly reject his theology uh, in, in its entirety uh, and his conclusions based upon the scriptures. But it's, it's certainly not a fair accusation. I'm sure Lakewood Church is doing countless things to help in Houston. We're not there, so we don't know. Um, but my friends at Calvary Houston, Calvary West Houston, these are Calvary Chapel Fellowships. If you want to donate, you can go to calvaryh.org, uh, calvaryh.org uh, to donate directly. Our, you, we're collecting donations as well, money and stuff. And stop by our church tonight, pick up a list of things and bring it back. We're going to be meeting every um, for the next four gatherings. So Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, and then they're taking off. So Ivan, thanks for your call, bro. We're going to move on to the next caller. Uh, 303-690-3000. Line two is Ama. Ama. Am am I pronouncing that right? Ama. Ama. Thank you. I put the, I put the punk or the, the expl, what is it? What is it called? The, the exclamation notes. The in- emphasis, Ama. Ama, Lakewood, Colorado. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor Ed. I just want to thank you all for this uh, radio program. It has blessed me a lot, and um, yes, I didn't know about it till uh, this past this past uh, Christmas, and I wasn't mm. able to do anything than to I was going to work. I do home visit, home care for the elderly. And one day I was going on the mountains and the Christian radio that I used to listen would not turn on. And so I was figuring out and then your show came on and I've been Mm. listening to it ever since. And I thank you very much. I went, I came to the ESAP program and I was so blessed. So I just want to oh, thank wonderful. you. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. And I have okay, one what's your question? with you. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago when you were saying that you get lost anywhere you go, me too. So we are, <laughs> we have one thing in common. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I'm telling you, it's true. <laughs> yeah. My question is um, the 
Matthew 15, 21 to 28, when uh, Jesus um, was speaking with the lady, uh, the woman, and he said he he was not sent uh, to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Yes. And also the woman persisted and said he will not give... Uh, children bread, and uh, so the woman also persisted. So later, he healed the the daughter. I just want to uh, ask: Was it like at that time Jesus was showing that he also is a human? Because it's not of Jesus for him to say stuff like that. I know he came for everybody, and for this passage, he was saying something on the contrary. So I was, I'm just asking, is this that we can also know that Jesus is also a human, and he can do things like that? Well, the emphasis in this in this passage in Matthew 15, it says Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord, but even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. And then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. And the the essence of this episode in the life of Jesus was to, first of all, teach us that, that Messiah was sent primarily and the gospel came primarily to the Jew. Jesus Christ is a Jewish savior sent to a Jewish nation. But also, it was this is also a, an incident in the life of Jesus to remind us that Jesus didn't come exclusively to the Jew. He did, it, it's not exclusive, but rather inclusive of Jew and Gentile. And not only was this a Gentile coming to him and worshiping him and urging him and crying out to him, but it was a Gentile woman. And culturally, of course, not only were the Gentiles looked upon unfavorably by the Jewish religious establishment, but so were women. And Jesus, walking along, he's drawing out from, from her and teaching his disciples at the same time his love for the Gentile. And, and this, is a, this is a tremendous little insight that he gives, this, this great faith when he says, O woman, great is your faith. Jesus doesn't say that for many people. Uh, and here it's reserved for a Gentile, a Gentile woman at that. Uh, and, and so it's not so much a passage uh, emphasizing the humanity of Jesus, although that is, that is emphasized all over the scriptures. This is, a, this is a passage that's emphasizing God's heart for the Gentiles, that his plan of salvation was not simply for an exclusive group of people, Although there is an exclusive calling to the Jews, um, but that his heart is to reach not only Jew, but also 
uh, the Gentiles. So, Amma, thank you very much. I think we had some uh, some phone issues with you. I'm going to go one more call, uh, and I'm going to go to line number three is Katie. Katie's calling from Aurora, Colorado. We've got maybe two minutes to, to handle your question, Katie. Hi. Hi, you're on the air. Okay, so um, my question is, um, is Jesus going to come first, or is the church going to be raptured first? I believe that the church will be raptured right before the beginning of the seven-year tribulation period. And at the end of the seven-year tribulation period, while at the beginning Jesus coming for his saints, at the end he'll be coming with his saints. He will be coming with his saints. Okay, and could you um, give me a passage for it? I, I can give you quite a few passages. You want to email me and I'll send you my entire notes on this so you can look at it yourself. Yes, please. What's your so send it send an email to Pastor Ed at CalvaryAurora dot org. CalvaryAurora dot org. Pastor Ed. Perfect. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Katie. God bless you. Bye bye. Thanks. Bye. All right, we're coming up on the end of today's program. Thank you guys so much for joining us, you guys on the East Coast as well. Remember, the first half of our show featured ministry architecture. Joel Rosenberg is coming to town. He's going to be at Calvary South Denver with Pastor Gino Geraci, uh, and it's going to be a tremendous evening. At the ben- It's a benefit night, and all the benefits and proceeds with the suggested donation are going to go to ministry architecture, where Mary Jo and Lynn Go around the world providing free architecture services uh, to developing countries for orphanages, for churches, for nonprofits that are doing humanitarian work in the name of the gospel. Joe Rosenberg is their son. He is the real deal. I love that man and his wife and his family. God is doing an amazing work in him. So grateful. Um, I, and I can I can vouch for the sincerity and the integrity and the real the 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 absolute realness of ministry architecture and Joel and his family. So, more information on that is at ministryarchitecture.com. And we are coming up to the end of our show today. My name is Ed Taylor. I pastor here at Calvary in Aurora. We're going to be gathering together as the saints tonight. We're going to start with Elijah in the caves, but he's getting out. And you might be in the caves today too discouraged, defeated, beat up. And I want you to know, tune in live online or on Grace FM. You can listen. We broadcast live on the radio. We broadcast live on the internet. But there's nothing like being there. And if you need a church home, you need a family of believers, there's room for you. And just thinking, I was looking at some questions today for our radio broadcast and just thinking back on almost 18 years of being here in Colorado and the countless people we've had the privilege of serving and and just watching new churches planted. Uh, We're a sending church, uh, and so it's been a blessing to see men leave Calvary Aurora to go do the work that God has called them to do. Uh, and um, even if I, even if uh, they left on bad terms, or we don't get along, or whatever it might be, that's not that's between them and the Lord. That's between them and the Lord. Uh, and the Bible says, "Who are you to judge another man's servant? Um, they stand or fall before the Lord." So, blessings on any true work of God and His faithfulness throughout the region. And it, it's been rare, but it's been that way in some cases. Uh, not everything le- not everything is able to be uh, cleanly uh, 
reconciled when there's a lack of repentance or a lack of acknowledgement. Um, and, and maybe you're going through something like that. I didn't plan on talking about that, but maybe you are at odds with someone and they just won't admit it or they refuse to acknowledge their part of it. Listen, that does not relieve you of forgiveness. You must forgive them. As Christ has forgiven you, you must forgive them. But don't misunderstand forgiveness with reconciliation. Only reconciliation happens with repentance. And when there is a lack of repentance, there cannot be reconciliation. So, you know, when you're arguing, they, I didn't do that, and I'm not like that, and you're, okay, all right. And you just keep praying. And you just keep praying that the Lord will touch their hearts. You keep praying that they'll stop doing what they're doing, that they'll stop fighting an imaginary enemy, uh, that they'll humble themselves before the mighty hand of God. And, and so looking back over the years, just so grateful for the many people we've had the privilege of serving and to be a part of the bigger plan of God for Denver, for Colorado, for the United States, for the world. Um, you know, what, what kind of life I was living, um, I deserved hell in every sense of the word, but God is gracious, just like you. He'll be gracious with you. Come out tonight, 7 o'clock. We're going to sing together. We're, gonna, we're going to take communion together. We're going to study the Bible together. We're going to pray together, just like the early church, just like 3,000 people coming together. Uh, we're going to, Acts 2.42, living it out in this corner of Colorado, hopeful and grateful for the faithfulness and the goodness and the love of God. Remember him today. Remember him, strong and mighty, filled with love. God bless you guys. We'll see many of you tonight, 7 o'clock. Thank you for listening to Calvary Live. Be sure to tell a friend about Grace FM.